All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and I usually would say joined with me is the captain, Mr. Andy Full. Uh, but unfortunately, Andy cannot make it tonight. Uh, he's with the family this weekend because we are recording at an unusual time for us. Uh, it is actually a Sunday night, and you're going to be listening to this either on a Monday or watching, listening, etc. later this week. Uh, but we're getting a show out today because, one, it's ICAST week. So Deacon and I are going to be down at ICAST. So if you're going to be there and you listen to the show and uh, you want to say hello and grab a beer, shoot us a DM. We'd love to say hello to you guys. Uh, but also because we did a business from the Bass Boat last week, we kind of have like a little one-off deal uh, after this episode. Everything's going back to regularly scheduled programming. Um, but because of the announcements of the Opens and such last week and how that all changed and shook up, uh, we wanted to get a show out quick to kind of get our thoughts before things got too crazy. So we got that show out last week. And then a big shout out to everyone that joined in for episode 300 last Tuesday. That was a heck of a lot of fun. Appreciate everybody that's been supporting the show. We had a lot of really amazing feedback. And uh, 300 was a big party. So appreciate everybody that tuned in for that. But uh, yeah, ICAST week. It's going to be busy as heck. I'm going to go fishing actually with some good friends down in Florida after ICAST is uh, coming weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Well, hopefully, hopefully a lot of fun. They told me just to bring a, a frogging and flipping stick, which sounds right up our guest alley here today, which we're going to get him on here in a second. Uh, so hopefully that's all I need. If I can just take a one and a half ounce weight and that's all I need for two days, that's perfectly fine. But uh, I think without further ado, our guest today is Mr. Keith Pochet, who I was uh, very privileged to spend a week up at Lake Champlain with and kind of learn some of his ways. And we're going to dig deeper into Mr. Keith Pochet's ways of fishing here. And I think without further ado, let's bring him on here. Mr. Keith Pochet, what's going on, dude? What's up? Can you, can you hear me okay? Man, you are like in slow-mo. Like I'm rah, in slow-mo? Rah, rah. I am a little bit slow in the brain, if that means anything. Is it still <laughs> Is it still slow? <laughs> Uh oh. You got me? I can hear you. It's like rah, 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 rah. Uh oh. Hold on. Let me. How's this? Is this a little bit better? No. No. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you sound like a, like a big goblin. Rah, 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 big rah, goblin? Rah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. I, 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 oh. Oh, I wonder if it's my end. Yeah, try taking your earbuds off quick and just see if that fixes anything. I can't understand you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> hold on. He's taking his earbuds <clears throat> off. Hopefully the folks can hear me still. Slight technical difficulty, but we'll push through. You're, you're muted now. You're muted. Hold on. There you go. Do you, can you hear me now? I took it off the earpods, and it's, it's the same thing. What the heck? All right, hold on. It's like real slow. How's this? Is this any better? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hold on. Can you hear me any better? 
Same thing. Uh. <laughs> oh, God. Still the same, huh? There, now you're good. Now you're good. That's it. That's all it took? That's it. You're good now. What in the world? <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> I literally just added or removed myself from the stream and added myself back in. But uh, good grief. Keith Poche, how you doing, buddy? Man, I'm good. Uh, just uh, <laughs> been working, hanging out, <laughs> you know. Talking to goblins on, on your phone. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dude, uh, we got to spend a week together up in Champlain and uh, – you know, on before Champlain, we actually have like a, a little group chat with us on the Serious Angler platform between Deacon, Andy, and I. And we're like, we talk about what guys we'd like to get on shows and for different segments. And there's one show we wanted to try to do because we've always we've we've done shows on backwater bass fishing, but it's been more like aimed at the kayak folk. Whereas there's certain people that think the stuff that you can get in with a kayak that you can't get in with a boat. And I think you have thoroughly debunked the 99% of that. So that's why I want to get you on here because after seeing your rig and seeing what you could do with it, I was like, we got to get Keith on to talk about this stuff. <laughs> but if we can only get a 90 horse Mercury on the back of that kayak, that we would be like, un I would be unstoppable. That's what I'm that, saying. That would be like the <laughs> ultimate boat because a kayak can get, places like i can't get so you can like pull it over a, a dry bank or you know go through the most shallow stuff and uh i go pretty shallow I, I jump a lot of things but uh i go a lot of places people like really you just went in there i'm like yeah there's no big deal it's no big deal <laughs> hear a chainsaw going in the back too and the whole nine yards but yeah put a little jet motor on the back of a kayak and you're, you're yeah that's all you need uh, but, dude, before we get too deep into tonight's show, one thing we like to do with all of our new guests, like their first time on the show, is we like to kind of throw it back to see where it all started. Because I think generally a lot of people have the same story in terms of like, you know, dad got him into it, whatever. But I think it's cool to hear each pro's avenue or each angler's avenue on like how they started. Like, how'd you catch your first bass? Who introduced you to it? Is there any story behind it? Love to hear it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm sure just like everyone else, it started when I was little. I, I remember my first bass, and uh, it, it wasn't a very big one, but it was cool to catch it. And uh, we had some ponds behind my dad's house in Louisiana, and uh, I would typically go with my dad or my uncle or my cousin. And it was just the love of fishing, bass fishing in particular. I, I didn't care about brim fishing, cat fishing. It was just something about a bass that really, you know, got things going for me and I really, really enjoyed it. But you know, Hey, that was just something to do. It was always just fun to go. I never would have dreamed or even knew about the tournament side of it growing up. I mean, I didn't have a lot back then. We didn't have a big bass boat. We didn't have, we weren't in a position to, to go fish tournaments and, and go into these big lakes and rivers and, and have that opportunity to do that. So it was just always a, Hey, let's go to the pond. Let's go to the little bayou down the road and, and just, you know, go catch some bass. It was just the fun of it. And uh, I didn't fish my first tournament until I was in college. And uh, when I really got in, introduced to the whole, you know, tournament side of bass fishing. And, and man, when I got introduced to that, 
I was like, holy moly, I've been missing out on, on, I mean, it was just really exciting to, to, to have that competition side of, of catching a fish, doing something I really like to do and putting it in that, in that competition form was, was really, really, I was like, whoa, this is something to this. And of course, then I really started studying it and, you know, finding out who all the great anglers were. I didn't know who Kevin Van Dam was. I didn't know all these big names. I just didn't follow it because I didn't, I played ball. I didn't really care much about fishing as far as that side of it, that aspect. You know, I kind of knew there were tournaments, but I didn't really know what it was all about and how big it was. And um, so, when I, you know, after I fished that first little tournament, I, things just really took off from there. And uh, I fell deep in it. I mean, bought a boat, you know, bought all the rod and reels and tackle and um, just went head first and, and really – I mean, it was a learning curve for me because it, it wasn't just like going to a pond fishing. You know, you have to go out in these big lakes and understand what the fish actually do, the migration, the patterns, and what they like, what they don't like, certain times of the day or year. I mean, it was just like, whoa. I, it's like I never fished before in my life because it was so much different than just going to a pond where they're trapped and you just pick up a a, a worm or, or a topwater bait and, and go. So, but, uh, but yeah, and I, I, you know, I just started fishing more tournaments and took some chances and um you know fished the opens for a couple of years and, and made it my second year and for the Bassmaster elite series back in 2009 and it just happened really really fast for me and um i, I don't know I, I wasn't ready that I, I wasn't you know in a position really to to compete with these guys but there again i took some chances i felt like that uh, you know if it was going to happen i needed to do it now I was, you know, just in a great position in my life and went for it and got my butt kicked there for a few years and just had to learn the hard way and eventually you know, caught some fish and, and had some great events and, um, you know, made a couple of classics. And now we moved on to major league fishing and uh, that's been interesting fun, but it's been a, it's been a crazy career. You know, I, I've, I've enjoyed it. There's a lot of things I could have done differently. I'm sure we all, you know, wish we could have made a few different choices, but, uh, overall it's been a lot of fun and just a journey that, uh, I really would not want to go through again. <laughs> I mean, I look back, I'm like, man, if I wouldn't have caught this fish or if I, that wouldn't happen or this and that, I mean, there's so many things that fall in place for you. And I think you put yourself in that position for it to fall in place. I mean, you create your own luck in, in a way. Right. And that's, that's, you know, everybody say, Oh, you, he got lucky, this and that. Well, yeah, sometimes you get a lucky bite here and there, but I put myself in position to get lucky. And that comes from, you know, learning what, you know, what the fish are doing, having the right bait on, being in the right right place and making that good decision. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, like I said, we've made a lot of bad, but, you know, we've made enough right to, to get where we are today. Heck, yeah. Yeah, man, that can't be – couldn't be better said. I think that can speak for a lot of folks is – putting in the work that way those right decisions you have a higher probability of getting a little bit of luck you know because you can't guarantee you that that next stump we're gonna go flips got a five pounder on it but we did enough mm. due diligence to know that and we're gonna get into this in a little bit on how like backwater stuff and trying to determine what might hold bigger fish what might not all that jazz we're gonna get into it but really fast and we don't need to do a deep dive on this we did a show on it last week so you talked about if I, I have the opportunity now, I need to take a chance. I'm talking about fishing professionally. Uh, and that stems back to a point that we had brought up, talking about this Bassmaster Open change where 
you have to fish all nine now in order to qualify or to be eligible, I should say, to qualify for the Elite Series. So you can't fish one division anymore and qualify. Just really fast. I mean, as a guy that, you know, fishes professionally, that's what you do for a living. Do you, what do you like? What's kind of your first take on this? And do you think it makes sense? Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they change from year to year. They, they'll they'll go from different. I mean, qualifications is you know, I think it was seven back when I fished. You know, I take top seven out of each division. So they've made changes throughout the years. But uh, you know, I, as a whole, as as thinking, my first thought of, of of them making this change now and and seeing what I've seen over the years, I think it's a good decision because. You want a guy that's serious. You want a guy that's prepared to, to go out there and fish nine events, that, that's capable of fishing nine events, putting up that type of money. You know, I don't know what the entry fee and, you know, you know, you have to crunch the numbers to see what it would take for a guy to go out there and fish. But a guy that that has that capability will be a guy that has that capability to, to move on to the, to the elite series because financially uh, understanding what he's up against, you know, you know, on the road a lot and, but also, you know, that, that, that creates that opportunity for a guy that, that has a job that, that needs to make money. He still can work. He still can do things and, and make money, but also go fish those nine events. Yes, yeah, a little more traveling. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going different places and, and a lot more time away from work. But, but it, 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 it kind of weeds out the guys that really ain't prepared or the guys that quite ain't really sincere, sincere, serious enough that would go fish three events. So guys that are fishing all nine – they have a mission and that's what they want to do. And I feel like that that is a good decision. You know, of course I'm fishing all night and um, you know, I like fishing opens. That's just something I've always done well in them fishing out of the little boat and uh, have fun (laughs) and uh, catch a lot of fish. So heck yeah. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. I think they've received a little bit of some negative flack for it, but I think over time people are going to see the, the benefit of that change. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's it's what it, and that's what our, our main point of that show was that it's gonna make it's gonna force the guys that are financially, mentally, and physically prepared to take on that schedule to fish those. Whereas well, and, and 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 just add to to my point, I'm I'm speaking from experience and, and my own ex, uh, time making it back then. I wasn't quite ready, hundred percent financially or you know, as, as my ability. So I wish they had that back then to, to kind of prepare myself to understand what I was getting myself into. Uh, because man, like I said, if I had some things go my way, if I didn't have like that first year, I was fishing from paycheck to paycheck from tournament to tournament. If I didn't get paid, I didn't make the next deposit. I didn't, I wouldn't, I didn't keep going. So, um, I just fished three events, three events got me in the elite series. And, and so making that jump, financially and more more events was just a big shock so having these guys understand and being prepared and, and knowing what will be a huge huge advantage for themselves uh, to right. know what they're getting into yeah yeah i mean i think the when you look back on the stories of guys saying you're like yeah if it weren't for that one fish you know i will probably you know i wouldn't have won this check wouldn't want that check and that makes for a great story after but a very daunting like thought going into an event that you have to place at a certain level or have to win in order to keep that dream going. Otherwise you're going to go bankrupt. I mean, there's, I think I feel like more, well, this is probably more logical, but 
the, the flip side of that, of the guy not catching that bass that goes bankrupt, that happens way more often than the guy that does catch the bass that saves his career. Absolutely. I mean, and, yeah. and that's in every sport. You, you got to think. You, and people don't think about this, but, you know, I played a little football growing up. I loved football and I, I had big dreams. But you, you take an athlete, uh, basketball, football, whatever, the amount of time, money that they put in there and practice, gear, effort. They, I mean, they devote their whole life, you know, from, from you know, peewee to, you know, JV to, to, you know, varsity to college to, to, to not make it to the NFL. You know what I'm saying? Because it's only a cream of the crop that, that gets drafted. So it's no different. I mean, so many people devote their lives and, and so much time into this, but you, not everybody's going to make it. That You just got to accept that. You have to do what you can do, put your foot, best foot forward, and make the most of it, and you're either going to get it done or you're not. So, and, and the good thing about fishing is you can keep trying. As long as you can stand up on a boat and make a cast and you got the money to go do it, you can keep you can keep trying. You know, other sports, you know, they folks just have to go on to with another job or, or a career. But um, that that's in every sport. You know, that this this ain't a you know everybody don't get a trophy. And you know, you you just got to understand that that you know you're not not everybody's going to make it. And unfortunately, that's just the, the the rules of what we do. Right. Yeah. Well, we can we can put that aside because now we're going to get into what we really wanted to talk about today and talk about. You know, backwater fishing, getting into like the thick of the crap, getting past that and then finding, you know, that juice hole that other people in their boats can't get to. Um, and we're going to dive into a little bit. But my, my first question is, is I'm going to assume, obviously, that location and where you grew up played a big role in why you like to fish this way. But is there any other factors that, you know, draw you to the furthest back of a creek versus a main lake? You know, that has some, some to do with it, um, you know, growing up. And I'm sure all, a lot of people, they'd go, you know, they'd walk through the woods or cross the pasture and cross the swamp and jump these cypress knees to, to, to get to a little slough back, way back somewhere. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. It just kind of happened. It just kind of evolved for me. Um, that's just what I like to do. There's been some times early on in my career that, you know, before I even made it to the Elite Series, uh there's sometimes I got back in some places in an aluminum boat and in a fiberglass boat. I'm like, man, I just went through hell to get here, but and caught fish. So, you know, I, it just kind of, I had a couple of those scenarios happen and I just got to thinking more and more. And um, I started finding more and I started really focusing on those kind of situations. And um, I found that it played not, it didn't play to where um, there, there's a lot of fish. You, 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 it's hard to find one that, that you can, do well in a multi-day event what i'm saying so there's only so many that live in these places so you either have to have a really really good one which are very hard to find or you have to have multiple and you know a lot of places we go to there's just not that many that 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 produce as well as you would like now you can go back there and catch you know fish regardless but they may not be the size you want um so they're very very hard to find but uh, yeah, just just growing up, you know, my style of fishing and, and, and kind of dabbling in it when I was first started fishing and having a little success in it and seeing that the potential of what could what could come out of it. And there was a long time that I didn't do it. You know, once I did, you know, make it pro and I'm, I'm trying to do what everybody else is doing. I'm trying to, you know, drop shot or 
throw a swim bait or fish out in the mains. And, and that works. I have to do that a lot of times. And most, most times I do that, then, then go back in somewhere. But, uh, but I look for that first now, you see what I'm saying? So I always mm-hmm. just did what everything everybody said I, you should be doing or, you know, the thing that's going on at that time. But now I, I kind of gravitate toward that more because it puts me in my comfort zone. And when you're, when you're, confident and you're comfortable in what you're doing, you're going to do a lot better regardless. Right. And I think what's interesting too, and this is, this is no knock, but when you look at the five fish format, obviously size is huge in terms of determining what Creek you should go down. If it's going to have the right size fish that you for five bites a day. Right. Whereas in the BPT format, you can, you don't have to write off the Creek that's full of say two and a half pounders. You know, you, you're still that's still valuable because it can help you get ahead. Whereas you might have to go to a creek and have three five pound bites, but you can go to the next creek and have ten two and a halfs. Yeah, or that you know what I mean. And but there again, it's still hard because you know two two things about about that with with uh, MLF doing that. For one, you know, I fish out of that with my my big gator tracks, which I'm a little limited on where I can still go because it you know it's the same size as a uh, you know fiberglass boat, but um, back back to what I was saying that you know there's only so many back in these places and, and it takes you so long to get in, get in these places and, and your your time is an is an essence in MLF because the, the time you're driving is time that you know you're getting behind because everybody else is fishing and they're catching so um, so the amount of time it takes to get back somewhere like that and then when you do get there how many are you really going to catch is it is it something that you can stay all day because you're wasting you know 30 45 minutes maybe an hour getting back in there and you catch four five six seven you know then you got to come all the way back out so um it's a little touchy it's a, it's a kind of trial and error you really have to watch what you do when, you, when you're doing that now a five fish limit you know i would lean towards that more with a five fish limit because you know i got all day all i gotta catch is five you know, five of the right ones and I'm good. So you just got to play it and see which one, you know, which course, which one I'm fishing and then um, how good is it and, you know, the time it takes to get in there. Right. So let's kind of break it down from start to finish. So like before you even get to the boat ramp, I mean, are are you one that's going to look on Google Maps, find the first creek that's by the ramp and start trying to go down it? Or are you putting in a little bit more deeper, map research into that yeah google earth is is a huge asset um for me uh it it's it's going i find so much stuff on that what i look for exclusively i look for things that a big boat cannot get into that is my number one when i when i go to research i'm looking at something that 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 i can only get into with my little boat or something that's sketchy that I can get into in my big gator tracks that, you know, maybe some trees down, maybe, you know, shallow flat and you run through that, you know, that Bring the chainsaw. I, I want to try, I want to try to look for something and it's hard until you really go look at it, put your eyes on it in person, but Google Earth will tell you a lot, but finding something that a big boat can't even get into. And I can, I pretty much got it down to the science. I can really look at it, zoom in and say, Oh, big boat, get in there. And now I'm, I'm not even, I write it off. I don't even fool with it. I only look for certain areas where, and and it's got to have the right stuff. You know, you got to look and go back in history on that Google earth. You can see if it ever, it ever dries up, how deep, how deep of water's in there. Um, There's a lot of variables that play 
on on finding these because some I find them like man it looks good I guarantee I go in there and catch some and I go back in history and it you know it was bone dry you know a, two years ago so and it doesn't and it's not and it's so far out from the from the main lake it's just not going to fish are not going to swim in there they're going to swim in and out they either live in there or they don't there's 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 very seldom places where a fish are going to swim in there and then swim out you know the place like a James River for instance it was so far back up in this creek. And it opened up to a big lake. Those fish live in there. It's got 15 foot of water in there. It's got a, plenty of water for them to survive year in, year out. They don't ever leave. Uh, it, it's its own system. It's its own lake that is tied, and it's got a super shallow flat. In it, and there's no way you're getting a big boat in there or a wide boat. You have, have to have a, a aluminum boat that's narrow to get back in this place. So, I went, like, for instance, I went there my first day of practice, and I, I could barely get in. I actually had to get out of the boat and push to get in there just because I, I wasn't sure how to run it. And um, it was unbelievable. I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's the best. It's probably the best place I've ever found off the grid style. I mean, of course, I, I had a chance to win an event. But uh, those are just so rare. They're far few in between. It, it, you just, it's just one of them once-in-a-lifetime places. But – um, you know, I've, I've found some other good stuff similar, but, uh, man, that, that place was just off the chain. So, you know, I wouldn't even went in there looking on Google. If, if I seen that I, a big boat could get, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even win. I wouldn't even waste my time going. Hmm. So really fast. You brought up the point of when you look on like the history of Google earth and one that's dried up certain times of the year, will those have fish in them? Or do you, are those kind of the places you look away from? Yeah, so it, it depends on how long back was it dry. Uh, and if, if it still has a little water in it or it may have a hole, like one hole, deep hole somewhere, most of it's dry. It just varies. But I tend to stay away from it just because of that. Because you, when it dries up, they ain't, there's, they ain't nothing. No, no, no. It ain't, it ain't happening, man. Uh they just you, you need something that stays full for a very long time. You see what I'm saying? I mean, because yeah. these fish are living in there. They're, like I said, they're not coming out. If it was dry, you know, three years ago, there's 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 chances very slim for them to have a four or five pounder there. Because if it's back full, I mean, a fish to grow, that it's just a fish ain't gonna it ain't gonna replenish itself. It ain't the fish ain't gonna grow. They just ain't gonna. It's not gonna have the quality of fish that you're looking for. So right. that that's a big player, and it depends on how far away. From, like, so if you go back in a creek, and you got the main lake, and, it, and it next down you got the actual little creek, and if there's a pond like right there, close, like right off that that creek, you know that's dried up. That may because it's so close to the main lake. But if you go way back in this creek, I mean, way in there, a mile or two, and you got a pond, a little pond off of that, if it dries up, no, no, uh. Uh-uh. No, it ain't, it ain't it ain't worth it. Not if it dries up. Nope. That's pretty cool. That's pretty yeah. good to know. Yeah, it's a little nugget for folks. Yeah, yeah. You just there's a lot of things because I, there, there's I've hit a lot of dead ends. I can't tell you how many places. And <laughs> it's I was doing this for so long. <laughs> I was doing it for so long, and and I don't know who it was, a guy, buddy, or something was was like, man, you, man, you come way back up in this shit. I'm like, yeah. What do you mean? He's like. This is crazy, man. You you ought to put this on TV. This, this <laughs> and, I, and that's been like years ago. 
Yeah. And it got me thinking. I said, man, you know, that's be a good idea. I may need to start filming these, just making some shows out of it. But uh, I, I, what my point is, is I've been in a lot of places that don't have a lot, don't have no fish. Right. Like I've winched my boat for, I don't know, ever for like a hundred yards through mud flats to get into this pond to be a gar hole. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, gosh. <laughs> so I've I've learned which ones just by looking on. I've learned which ones are more productive than others, and I can kind of weed through the the ones that don't. That makes sense. Yeah, that's got to be driving you freaking nuts though when you get to the back after working that hard and you're like, man, it's it's go figure. <laughs> you know, because what when you get there, and you don't catch nothing. The first thing you think about, man, I just got I got have to winch all the way back out of here for nothing. Yeah. <laughs> All that work. <laughs> oh, that's going to drive you crazy. But uh, what? so when you find creeks that are, are producing, uh, in terms of like baits or how you approach that, is it typically pretty straightforward for the rest of the creeks that you find on that body of water or are all of them kind of pretty unique in their own way? Yeah, you know, I keep it simple. You know, you got to understand these fish typically ain't seen a bait in, you know, years or for or ever. And, you know, I, I kind of keep it simpler. I, I, you know, I like throwing the Berkeley Pit Boss, uh, green pumpkin, black and blue, three inch, three inch, gotta be three inch. I love the three inch, it's real small, sleek, skips real well, goes through the cover. I mean, um, and depending on the water color, if it's, if it's fairly clear, I'll throw green pumpkin, you know, pretty much always. And it stain, I'll throw black and blue, but uh, a, a moving bait's good. I mean, um, you know, spinner bait, uh, you know, vibrate jig, you know, the Berkeley's got the new slobber knocking out. That's a, mm-hmm. that's a unbelievable bait, man. But you know, anything in a frog frog, if it's warm, whoo, yeah, man, ain't nothing like watching them big suckers come out. Oh. You know, it's the unknown because you, you get back in these places and you like, you're looking around you're like, man, there would be a fish right there. And it, it's like, you just, it's just like, you don't know. And then boom, you make a cast and go, oh, you know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, yeah. man, this is awesome. So it's just the thrill of, of the incitement of getting in there, going through hell to get there. And then get, even if I get one bite, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, it's just it does it for me. So uh, it's a lot of fun. And, and it's always unknown. You don't know what you're going to catch. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, too, like when you find these places that have fish, I think – my first question would be, and actually I want to make a point quick too. When you talked about filming episodes, we're going to talk about the YouTube channel here in a little bit. We'll make sure to plug that because if people have not watched off the grid, y'all are missing out. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. But um, when you find these creeks and you get back in there and say, I'm, I'm kind of curious in practice, right? And you start fishing, you start getting bites. When do you know when to leave in practice? Are you kind of like a two bite guy and get out of there? Or do you kind of like fish until you get a quality bite? Like what's kind of your strategy? Cause like, I feel like these backwater stuff and it's going to lead into another question, but obviously your amount of fish is limited. Yeah. So if, if it's an off the grid fun, I'm, I'm whacking everything, but a tournament, for instance, this, this is straight up. For instance, the, the James River, and I'm going to go back to that one just because it's been recent and it was really good and it's just it was just a perfect deal. But I went in there. I got in there, and I'm like, whoa, man, this is awesome. I went down the bank. I can't tell you how many bites I had. I never set the hook one time. Mm, like now, like a I pulled like... one. I pulled, you know, I kind of pulled. 
I pulled them up to see, you know, lots of them ain't got a hook, but I had a hook this day. And, but I, I pulled on them just to see how you can kind of feel how heavy they are. Just, yeah. you know, it, it's kind of hard, but then, then you, sometimes they'll kind of swim up to the top and you can get a good look at them. You can kind of get a feel of them, but I never set the hook one time. I didn't set the hook to the first day of tournament. Dang. So I, I do not set the hook. I, even if I'm in, even if I'm like in a, like wide open, like I don't, like in the main lake, I don't like setting a hook. I mean, that's like, a, you know, everybody's, oh, man, I caught this, I caught that, I'm on four-pounders and this and that, and they come in with, you know, two fish in the tournament because yeah. they caught them all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I can't tell you how many. I just smile every time I hear it. I just, just smile. Practice but, you know, I, when somebody asks me what, I, what I'm on, I'm like, I don't know, man. I guess I have some bites. I don't know what I'm on. But because I, I don't know. I, I'm not right. – I don't, I don't want to set the hook. And burn all my fish, and I think that's a lot of big mistake a lot of people make. They try to win practice. Winning practice don't do anything for you. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I think there. I think there's definitely one thing to be said, like especially for the way you fish, in terms of not setting the hook. Like, if you because if you get, especially if you could see them, I mean, that's all you need. You don't need to catch one to to tell the size as long as you can see them. I mean, you're. I mean, at, at the rate I mean, for how long you've been fishing too. And for what you do, you know if there's a big one. Like, oh, yeah. you, you'll be able yeah. to tell. <laughs> so, and another another thing, I went up to uh, I was had an open in Cherokee Lake. I ran as far north as I could. The water was down. I went all the way to this spillway way up there. I mean, it's like an hour and a half run. I, I had to change a prop. I busted a prop each day. I had, there was one show <laughs> that I had to get over, and I hit going up. It, there was no way to there was no way to run it without hitting. And I tried to just coast it and go, but I still hit it. But I went up there and I didn't, I had a couple of bites and I didn't really have a whole lot of bites, but I seen a couple swimming because the water was kind of clear and I seen them. I didn't even catch them. I just said, I ran all that way for a couple of fish I seen. All right. Now, the first day the wind blew, I didn't have much time to fish. And I, I don't know, I just had 12 pounds, 11 had 12 pounds. And I, I didn't even stay up there long. I don't even know. I just fished terrible that day. But I went back the second day. And I had 18 pounds. I stayed mm. on, on it all day. But th- that just goes to show, like, like I'm, I'm just confident in what I'm doing. Like, even if I can just see them with my eyes, like, I don't even want to get a bite. Like, if I can see them, I feel like I can catch them, if that, if that right. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and, and that leads me to my next question. So, whether it's an open or a BPT event, either regardless, it's a multi-day event. Um, and especially, I think I'm more curious for a BPT event because like for an open, all you need is five a day. Whereas BPT, there might be, depending on the lake, like you might need 20 fish or more depending on, you know, where you're at. Uh, so like on a tournament day, when you go back in these things, are is there ever a moment where you're going to like leave after a certain amount? Or are you burning that to the ground and hoping to find another one or, trying to have multiple creeks to, to run throughout the, you know, that you find them. Yeah. It, it all depends on where you're at in, in the, in the standings. Like, how, you know, how comf- how safe are you in MLF? Like, are, are you, am I in the top 10? How far is the spread from 20th? I mean, is it knockout round? Is it, is it qualifying round? There's, 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 it depends on the day, but um, here's kind of my rule of thumb on something like that. I'm going to catch them while they bite me. Because they, mm. they might not bite the next day. They may move. We may, the day may get canceled. You, you never know what's going to happen. You only guaranteed for that day. I may, like I may fall over dead. I may fall over you. dead <laughs> that yeah. evening. 
I'm gonna catch them while they bite. Now, now on a fine fish, now I may manage them a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? I may try to, right. you know what I'm saying? But MLF, you catch them, you catch Let them, them all. You, hey, I whack them. <laughs> hey, they coming in a boat. I like that. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, so with that being said, though, too, you know, say it's your whether it's practice or in a tournament day, and like say you get like a, you know, it seems like most. Uh, professional events, they seem to get like horrible weather. It's almost impossible to ever get nice weather for a whole duration of either a BPT, elite event, open, whatever have you. I think Oneida was like a miracle, like once in a lifetime deal. Um, so like when that happens, I mean, obviously some of this backwater stuff, if it has feeder creeks, it'll, it'll muddy up or something like that. And when it's not going down in these creeks, what's your, what's your first move? Obviously, you got to go back to the main lake, but like, what's kind of your first adjustment? So yeah, I mean, you, you take uh, Oneida for instance. Uh, I mean, the, the wind did blow the second day a little bit. Now I, I know you said it was kind of good, but the second day I was, I fished the main lake quite a bit. I mean, I had some bites in the creek. Now I, I went somewhere. There was nothing. There was nowhere I went where a big boat couldn't get. If that makes sense. So everywhere I caught fish on Oneida, a boat could have got to. And I fished my style though. So for instance, and I had a decent turn of fish four to get a last check, but I fished two creeks. I fished one creek. Well, I fished started in the main lake both days and caught a couple. I actually caught a big smallmouth first day, but I went to my comfort zone. I went in the creek and I went as far as back as I could go. That well, I actually went further in practice where you couldn't get a big boat, but there wasn't no fish here. I went as far as a big boat could go because that's where the fish were. It just got too not. But anyway, I caught my fish, some of my fish in one creek one day, and then I ran all across the lake the second day and fished another creek and caught my fish. But with that said, I I fish, I fish for that first. I try to make that work typically. But if it doesn't, I mean, I find stuff in the main lake. I mean, I, I'm fishing all the opens out of that little boat, and there's going to be tournaments like Oneida, where I'm not going where other people can't go. That I mean, they're just, it's just Kissimmee, first of the year. I fished, the, I fished the main lake. I made a long run. I fished in the main lake. I didn't go way back in somewhere. Uh, had an opportunity to do really, really good, and uh, uh, somebody got on my fish, but that's another story. <laughs> so, but but, that's, but what I'm saying is, is you, you know, I, I try to go, I try to make it happen. But this it, it's, it's not a guarantee every time. You know what right. I'm saying? I have to revert back to the main lake. I mean, I can't catch a fish or two in the main lake. <laughs> I've been known to do it. So I, I just I want to I want to get in my comfort zone. I want to make it work. But after a day or two, I'm looking around. Sometimes I just say, "Hey, it ain't gonna happen," and I just revert back and I do my thing and catch some fish and make the most out of it. Yeah. Do you vibe well? With Florida, I feel like that kind of fits your mold. Do I what? Do you like with Florida? When you go to Florida, you do you like going to Florida? <sighs> Man, I got mixed emotions about that. I don't know. I mean, there's a couple of lakes like you take Harris Chain. I think I've gotten a check there every time I fish there. But you go to Kissimmee, I I cannot crack Kissimmee for some reason. I mean, it just I was in like the fifth. I was like 15th place out of, after first day, and this past open, and I'm like finally, and then. I show up and I'm in, you know, I'm in a little boat. I'm going 40 mile an hour, making an hour run. And all of a sudden there's boats on my stuff. I'm like, you know, 
what's the deal, guys? You know what I'm saying? So, and I finished seventh. So you know, you know. So I mean, well, I don't know. I've done well at Okeechobee, then not. So I mean, Florida, Florida gets me. I, I I don't. I'm not a big fan because it's just so flat, and I don't know. You, I just everything looks the same. Right. I like to I like to go through a ditch, cross a beaver down, saw this log, <laughs> and go around to the shallow flat and get back in some deeper water. Find some visual cover. Yeah. It's yeah. just it just gets me, man. I don't know, but I've done well on some, some I haven't. Yeah, I will say I, when I fished uh, Toho, I was with uh, Matt Beatty. He's from uh, he's from Georgia. He's actually a Lake Seminole guide. Yeah, he did. He did some Keith Poche type stuff on Toho and took me up a creek and a lot of fun. He jacked the heck out of a bunch of three pounders in crystal clear water. I was like, this doesn't yeah. feel like Florida right now. It was kind of <laughs> interesting. But, uh, it was also the sketchiest ride I've ever been on. Like you're in like an inch of water, like stuff you're totally used to. But for me, mm. like being in New York, usually running over 40, 50 feet of water. It was definitely it was interesting. So yeah. it's kind of cool, though. Uh, but yeah. that point, that point aside, um with your style of fishing, if you had to say, like, if you could only fish one lake for the rest of your life for the way you fish, like, what is your favorite place to go? Because you know that if you get back in some creek, you're going to jack the face. You know, I mean, <clears throat> I'd have to say Alabama River. I mean, I got a lot of places I like to go, but here where I live in the Alabama River, it's got a little bit of everything. Uh, it's got a lot of backwater places to go back in it's beaver dammed up you know you can jump some stuff and it's got some ponds with some fishing good fish i mean i've caught giants back in some places or you can fish the main river i mean the main pockets i mean it's big large mouth big spotted bass it's just fun to fish it's got a lot of the right stuff um, got a lot of lilies um, you know just just lay downs and uh you can do whatever you want here. That, this is one of the few river systems you can you can catch them deep off some of the drops and the points on the river certain times of the year. So it's really diverse. You can go as shallow as you want. You can go way out deep. So it's really fun to fish here. Uh, I wish we would have more events here. I mean, we have an open every once in a while. I had a lead here back years ago. But it's just fun to fish and um, a lot of opportunity. And there's, there's some creeks that jump in. I mean, you got the – the Coosa comes from Weetumpka out of Lake Jordan. Rocks. I mean, you can run up there. It's kind of sketchy. It's dangerous. Then you got the Talapusa that runs in. It comes from Lake Martin. Super sketchy as well. Uh, real skinny. <laughs> I run way up there and catch spots. I mean, it's just it's just a lot of fun. And, yeah. you know, when the water's right and it's clear, kind of clear, and it's it's just at a good level, I can run up there. It's just, man, we catch the – I mean, we catch the heck out of it. It's just a fun day, fun time to go out and just uh, – have a good have a ball heck yeah catch some big ones out of there too like what's the biggest one you caught out of there so yeah i mean i've caught some you know some showing up upper four spots and some over five large right now I, I had one fish i didn't catch it i i, I shook him off and i should i wish i wouldn't have. well i didn't say he'd come up behind my frog and, and I, I pulled it away from it the biggest fish i ever seen on the river and it was oh, in a boy. pocket way up this creek, and I ain't gonna say where it's at because I may go there again one day. And catch Were there any coordinates on the show? Yeah, well, I'll get those for you. Just yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. But dude, it was so a bit. The fish was so big. Like I'm, I, I, you know, I'm. 
I, I can speculate all day. I mean, the fish was in the water. I mean, I don't know, but I'm saying seven to seven to eight pounds. Like, sure. like I'm serious. Like they've caught Freak they've guy. caught ten pounders like years ago. That's what I mean. There's some rumors I've heard ten pounders on the river, but I don't know. But it was a giant. It was an absolute Dang. giant, and it come up. It come out of his mat, and the water's crystal clear, and come up after my frog, and I just yanked. I said, "Holy moly!" But I went back, and I've never seen that fish again. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe I don't know. But that's one day. That's the biggest I've seen here. He's just waiting for for that fish to turn ten, then he'll eat again. Yeah, yeah. I know where it's at. <laughs> now, he ain't going. He shouldn't go nowhere. She, yeah, you wouldn't think. Where, yeah, yeah, whatever they are these days. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, so dude, uh, coming full circle with the comment earlier about filming shows, but uh, tell the folks a little bit about Off the Grid, how that started, and then where they can obviously find it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's yeah. I start. I've, I've been doing this for a while and doing the crazy stuff I do, and and the little boat, and it just it just kind of happened. You know, if someone mentioned something to to. I should film it, and I, I started, and heck, I, I I film most of these shows, all these episodes myself. I got GoPros going. I got I got a helper, you know, in the boat, kind of helping me film, you know, while I, you know, I'm out pushing or sawing a log or something. But or they get out of the boat while I jump a beaver dam or jump a log. But um, you can go to, you know, just Keith Poche off the grid on YouTube. Um, they're they're really hard to film. I I, I, I everybody's been asking about more i got i got one coming down the pipe here pretty quick but uh they're just so hard to film of course i've been super busy here lately building this house and you know fishing tour but no you know not trying to make excuses but it's just youtube's a commitment really crazy huh so youtube's a commitment man you can tell how it is oh yeah oh yeah it is but people think it's just it ain't no just quick fishing trip for one, I've got to I've got to find a good spot. You know, I've hit a lot of dead ends. Like I go out and I film, and it's just nothing. And I'm like, well, I can't. This ain't gonna work. So, I mean, it's finding the right one. It's a lot of time on Google, a lot of research, and and seriously, a lot of people think, well, you know, I don't know anything. I've never been in this place before. So when I'm filming this, everything you see is raw. Like first time ever going in there. Like it's it's just off the hip, and I, I mean. I do the best I can as far as editing because it takes so finding the right place and it takes like a day. Like I, I try to keep it a day because I don't want to get caught at night. Like seriously, there have been times I thought I was going to spend a night back in somewhere that I don't know where I'm at and get told told off by mosquitoes. But so it's like a day journey and there's a lot of dead ends and uh so they're just very tough to film and um, but no, there's 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 one coming up pretty soon. But yeah, check it out. Just search Keith Poche off the grid. You can find me. Subscribe. I appreciate it. Um, but yeah. yeah, definitely more coming. Definitely, I need to do a lot more and keep them up because that's that's the thing. People want them, and it's just it's just hard to get them, man. That that's it's like a it's like a gold nugget. You know what I'm saying? It's like you're trying to find that that gold nugget way back right. somewhere, and it's, they're just hard to get. Yeah, when you're building that monstrosity behind you too, of that of a house, <laughs> that takes yeah, a lot of time. Yeah, this is yeah, this is a little shot of my my living room. I had all this wood cut. There's uh, some trees on my property that I had milled, some oak trees, and 
but yeah, we're we're getting pretty close to being done. I'm still doing a few things, trimming some stuff out, and uh, yeah, we're supposed to close next week and move in. So pretty excited Heck about yeah, it. Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah, that's awesome, dude. Yeah. Um, well, buddy, we're gonna start wrapping up here in a second. Um, one thing that we ask everyone that's new to the show uh, is a is a fun little question at the end, and that is if you could sit down and have a beer and a steak. Well, with you, I think you're a crown guy. I don't know how much you're a beer guy. Uh, <laughs> I learned that about you already. Uh, if you and can honey sit down, buns. And honey, and honey buns. Bu- well, I was getting to it. You know, you Ain't nothing like a me. good honey bun, Bubba. Look, let me tell you something. I got a case of honey buns when I go off the grid. You never look. I don't want to get caught somewhere and not have no snack. <laughs> Keith is all about the honey bun. That's what I learned real quick when I was going around the trip and I was asking the different uh, boaters that we had on the trip. I was like, hey, you guys need any snacks or whatever? Most guys were like, no, nah, we're all good, man. Like, boat snacks you got for us were, will work fine. And I asked Keith, like, you need any boat snacks or anything like that? He goes, you got any honey buns? <laughs> <laughs> and he was dead serious. And uh, I've never seen a man love honey buns so much as much as you, but I respect it. I hope to see honey buns striped on the side, right where it says Fenwick on your boat. Just yeah. see a honey bun. That honey bun sponsorship. <laughs> That'd be awesome. That's right. <laughs> work on that for me. That's right, yeah. So here we go. We'll, ta- we'll, we'll tailor the question for you in terms of uh, if you could sit down and have a drink and a honey bun with three different individuals that uh, you've never met before. Okay. So they could either be from the past, you know, 2000 years ago. It doesn't matter. They could be around now. Three different individuals to sit down, have a conversation with, pick their brain. They don't have to be fishing. Who would you invite and why? Yeah. First one, I probably have to say my my grandpa on my mom's side, uh, Cecil Parker. He he passed away before he, I was I was real little when he passed away, and uh, he was he was a good good guy, good man, and um, he loved me. That's that's just all the stories I've I've heard. That, um, but I, I I'd like to I'd like to know him. I, I probably won't ever get the chance unless I see him in heaven. But um, yeah, that that'd probably be number one. My grandpa, I, I never yeah. never got to meet. So, I mean, of course I met him, but I was I don't remember. I was I was little bitty, right? And uh, but yeah, definitely awesome. a good guy for sure. Yeah, um, two more. You know, number two. You know, I I, I don't know. I, I I may a lot of people may not like this. I may get some you know, some hate over this, but I'm about to say Nick Saban, man. Nick Saban. Why would you get hate over that? Nate, no, you know, I mean, I mean, some people we roll time. I mean, they maybe uh, some lower eagle, but like this and that. But I mean, let me tell you something. I love some Nick Saban. You got to respect the guy. The man has got it figured out. He is, he, he's a smart individual. And I, I would love to sit down with him and just pick his brain on how, how does he get those players to, to play the way they do for him? Because mm-hmm. you can you can see it's all about the coaching, coaching, coaching. For for a guy to come in there and win like he's done before, before Alabama or even and, and now with Alabama, the, the guy's got something figured out. Whatever his yeah. personality is, the way he talks to people, I I love to learn it. I mean, I, I want to know. But yeah, uh, well, I think cool if you guy. yeah, dude, if you appreciate sports, I feel like you can appreciate his mentality, and that's something that probably people would be really interested in hearing about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Third one, third and last one. Third one, you know, I don't know. Probably, probably Elon Musk. I like that. You know, he, he's, I guess he's the richest man on the planet. I don't know. I, I, I hear that. I mean, it may be somebody else richer. I don't know. But the, the guy, he's really smart. He, he's got things figured out. And, and I, I don't know. I, I would just love to 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 talk with him and ask him some questions. And I, I would feel stupid in his presence, probably. I mean, just because of, I think, you know, I think 99% of the planet. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, you know, I, I think he's a cool guy. I really do. I think he's a cool guy. I think he's, 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 he's made some different choices over the last year or two. I don't want to speak of on here. Some choices that I agree with. And I just, I, I have a lot of respect for him. For someone to, to get to where he's at, I I I would like to, I'd like to sit sit down with him for sure. Heck yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be actually very intriguing. I heard he's yeah. a really cool, dude. I heard he's yeah. a lot of fun. I don't know what people, normal pe- other people talk about, but that's that's, right. that's my picks. I don't. <laughs> Heck yeah, dude. Yeah, that's pretty on par. We usually like to get like it's usually. I always love the ones where people talk about family. Uh, those are always my favorite. And then yeah. uh, we like to get like a sports hero out of guys, especially people that grew up playing sports just to hear yeah. like who was their idol growing up type of, type of deal. But yeah. that, that's pretty on par, man. I, I feel like we've gotten Elon Musk a couple times. I can't remember the last time we've had it though. It's been a while. Yeah. But, but man, what's um for the folks listening in, we talked about it briefly offline, but what's coming up for you? What's your next event? Where can, you know, what can people look out for on Keith Pochet's social? Yeah. So we got a uh, couple uh, basketball Brass Pro Tour events, MLF events left. First one is Cayuga Lake next month, first next month. Then we got Malax a little bit later on. Then I got four more opens so throughout. So we're we're just uh, here right now um, working on this house, and then uh, we're going to get back to fishing whenever the schedule allows. Heck yeah, dude. I'm looking forward to watching up here. I'm probably going to come see you because, one, I got to – Still got to get my life vest from you, <laughs> but yeah, also absolutely. Uh, but either yeah. way, I want to come see you guys, and because uh, that's that's home lake for me. So I'm in, I'm really excited for you guys. To I heard they got some here. giants here, so I I mean I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to get there. See what see what I can do. Well, they had a, they had a measly state record just broken for a small mouth out of there. So that, I say there's some pretty big ones, but yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but one thing, I mean, smallmouth country, man, hundred pounds today. Caught by Jay Shakur at first time there's a century belt for smallmouth. That's, That's pretty wild. That's pretty wild. Crazy. I'm surprised though it took this long for a century belt. I feel like weather is obviously a huge factor there, but yeah. I am in, I am really intrigued to see. And I, I don't want to talk too much because obviously we don't want to get you in trouble at all, but I'm really intrigued to see what the uh, weights are going to look like at KU. I'm really excited. I'm excited. So I, That's what I'll leave it at. I'll say this. I'm excited. Yeah. Well, yeah. <sighs> It's it's been a good lake. I've been there a couple of times. It's always been a good lake, so I can only imagine it's going to be you know pretty Fun. good, pretty good. You're gonna have a, gonna have a great time. <laughs> so, so. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, boss, I don't really have anything to close out with here, but uh, folks, if you guys have not already, uh, whether you're listening or watching, in the show description is all of Keith's social media. Make sure you guys check those out. I will link off the grid his YouTube channel, so you guys can go check those out. Highly, highly recommend you go and watch those. Uh, and anything Keith Pochet is is linked down below, so you guys can go find that. 
any closing remarks, Keith? Man, hey, appreciate you having me on. It's been fun, and I uh, look forward to seeing you at Cayuga. Yeah, buddy. I will uh, see you soon, and I'll, I'll bring you some honey buns. <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you. <laughs> All right, folks. Appreciate you guys, and we'll see you on Friday's show. Well, that was an awesome show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you can and your app allows it, please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you like some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Searsanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.